Never miss the latest Game Tea. Check us out on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your sip and pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Game Tea Podcast. This is not JP. I am the cuter, better Zachary. I'm Peaches. And I'm Zar. Well, JP may be gone this week, but we have a super special vacation guest host. And that is Travis from the Rainbow Road Podcast. Once again, everybody, welcome, Travis. Hello! Travis, tell us about yourself, in case people uh, are bad listeners. <laughs> uh, I am the co-host of the Rainbow Road podcast, where we discuss queerness in video games. Uh, we talk about queer storylines, queer developers, queer characters. Uh, basically, if you can play it, we can get it. Hell yeah. We gotta get you on our slogans. Yeah! They have a phenomenal podcast over at the Rainbow Road, so all of you listeners out there should definitely go over, check them out. It's they're they're phenomenal. That's all I can say about that. Anyway, this is going to oh, be too kind. an extra special episode because Travis has joined us for two segments before in the past, but he has never been around for the news. And so today, for all you fine listeners, we have some very special news. Who would like to take that itinerary? Oh, me. Zachary. Today on the podcast, we are talking about big moves from ugh, Sony. Um, <laughs> Blizzard is losing, but uh, it, they're, they're, they're losing, but I guess they make money, so I guess they're winning. Pokemon Snap and how it has data mined some pretty cool info, and then quick takes with, you know, us. With all that said, the first article is actually a shared article announcing PlayStation's new partnership with... Ooh, here, you, know, you say it, Zar. You say it. Go for it. Oh, yeah, I, actually, uh, Zar, go ahead and lead us into this one. Uh, their new partnership with Discord. Hmm. But didn't we have some articles before about Xbox or Microsoft trying to buy this? That's, that's so weird. Yeah, yeah, we did. We we did. We, Discord we definitely... is getting around. She is selling herself <laughs> out to the highest bidder. Hey, you know what? Uh, Good on you, Discord. Get your money, all right? <laughs> all right, hey, um, it would bring me great actual kind of disgusting amount of pr- pleasure if you read that first bullet uh czar will you go for that please all right all right well this article is coming to us from sie.com written by none other than jim ryan the hey. ceo of sony hey czar do you know what sie stands for um not actually on your- oh yeah sony interactive did you were you on the website I was, but um, mm. not for long. <laughs> Watching you. All right, anyway, I'll stop talking. Yeah, yeah. All right. So right on the heels of Discord shutting down all talks with Microsoft about integration, 
This is coming straight from the article. At PlayStation, we are constantly looking for new ways to enable players around the world to connect with one another, form new friendships and communities, and share fun experiences and lasting memories. In this spirit, we are excited to announce a new partnership with Discord, the communication service popularized by gamers and used by more than 140 million people every month around the world. It's a nice flex. How is that? Did I did I really cheese it up for Sony? Because I really felt dirty the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like Jim Ryan's literally saying, hey, Xbox, we won, you lost. But I mean, like. You know me. I'm always in that competitive mindset. What do you think, Peaches and Travis? Uh, I think it's really interesting to see that Discord is being actually acknowledged by these gaming consoles that it has become popular off of. Like, the reason it, Discord has become so popular is because of this cross-play kind of, you know, we want to be able to talk to each other while we're playing these games. Uh, and it's kind of shocking to me that it's taken this long for them to actually do anything about that, to start either buying them up or integrating them or whatever it may be. So, like, I'm glad that they're finally doing it. I think it's going to become really important as crossplay becomes a thing. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it would be interesting to see how it actually plays out, whether it, this is going to, like, eclipse the party system for PlayStation for, like, trying to talk over voice chat. You know, that's a really interesting point. I didn't think about that. Um, if Discord is getting integrated onto PlayStation, does that mean you can join like a Discord server with your buddies that are playing on PC? I would assume so, because it's through Discord, not through PlayStation, right? Right. So, yeah, that, that yeah, you know, you brought up something I hadn't actually thought about. I was more thinking about how this is really great to rub in the face of Microsoft. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. Yeah, yeah. Get your shots in. <laughs> no, this is. This is seriously huge for crossplay because because of exactly what Travis was saying. This just means that you can like crossplay and talk to your buddies like through one integrated like communication platform rather than having to kind of go backwards. Like if I if I'm playing crossplay now, what I have to do is like I'll have my console and then I'll be on Discord separately on my computer. But mm-hmm. now you don't have to like theoretically you wouldn't have to do that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's funny that you say that because Sony has been the worst at crossplay. Like, and, and they had a reason to because they have all the power right now. Yeah. And so I wonder if there's going to be some sort of sticky non-Sony tax on it, some sort of non-friendliness to it. Because, I don't know, Sony's always been power hungry. They always do this. They they get really, uh, I don't know, I can't think of another synonym for power hungry. But they just love having the power and then they kind of exploit it and then they kind of get some backlash. And then we kind of rinse and repeat the cycle every like five years. Oh, well, I have to assume that they're going to try to make it so that you can't use Discord. Even if you are not playing a game online, you cannot use Discord without PlayStation Plus. Like, I think this is where they're trying to make their money is they're trying to get more people to sign up for their service. Because what you got to remember is it's Discord integrating on Sony's console. So, you know, they're in Sony's court right now. But am I correct in saying that? And I think this might have been the Microsoft one I'm confusing together, but... They didn't purchase all of Discord, just the ability to use Discord exclusively on PlayStation. Is that how it works or is it something more? They bought a minority share of Discord. Yes. So for a hundred million. Right. When and remember, Microsoft was going to buy Discord at 10 billion and Sony took a minor investment at a hundred million. Allegedly, there could be more money in the mix than just that, though. 
Yeah, if we're using just the numbers that we know between the 10 billion and 140 million or 100 million, is that what you said, Czar? Yeah, 100 million. 100 million. Um, then Sony really owns a very small minority if, if we're using the valuations that we know about. Right. I imagine trying to manage Discord is going to be a lot more of a hassle. I feel like getting a minority stake in it is actually probably more sensible than having to try to manage all of Discord because it, even though it started as a gaming uh, chat service, it's become so much larger. I know so many people who use Discord who don't play video games. Like, I'm going to keep harping on it. But here in Canada, we are having a really difficult time rolling out our vaccines and a... Uh, a community group called Vaccine Hunters started up a Discord server to the point where our politicians are now referring people to the Discord server because they're so bad at rolling out the vaccines themselves. They're saying, you know what? Go sign up for it on Twitter. Go sign up for it on Discord. They're going to tell you where to find your vaccines. Like, Wow. So first of all, like that's awful, but awesome. Oh, for sure. I just mean that because it's grown to something bigger, it's going to be a, such a hassle to manage that just getting the minority stake is probably a better investment, I would guess. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. I mean, honestly, Discord has a ton of potential to grow from here. And we were talking about it in a group text the other day. Is like if if Discord doesn't end up on Xbox, probably not going to end up on Switch, if we're being honest. Yeah, um, probably. <laughs> but if it doesn't end up on Xbox, I would be shocked. Well, weekly, weekly tinfoil hat here, here, guys. Um, I think... It's a little too coincidental that talks with Microsoft were shut down and then Sony gets Discord so quickly after those talks were shut down. I think Sony has maybe a non-compete clause in with their investing and their integration as kind of in their contract. I I think that's why the, the uh, talks with Microsoft were shut down. Sony is is making a power play here. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to add to this? Um, I would just like to say that I got the 100 million number from techcrunch.com on an article written by Devin Coldway. Yeah, yeah. Cover your ass. Cover your ass. Anything else we want to say? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be credible. No, that's good. I like you. Keep it up. <laughs> I like you too, Zach. Shut up. I like everyone here. <laughs> Travis, anything you want to add before we move on to the next article? Uh, no, no, I, I think I've said everything I need to say. All right, I'm trying to buy time because I got to talk about Blizzard, and you guys know how much I love that. Okay, so um, <laughs> our next article comes from Dotes Sport. Dotes Sports? That makes a lot more sense, you know? And <laughs> let's not judge my reading skills. Thank you. Okay. Zara's going to edit that out, right, and make Zach look really smart. Right, right, right. Um, so... Dotysports.com um, gave us this article written by, and I meant to open the article already. That's my bad. I'm getting used to this. Jerome Heath, my guy Jerome. Okay. Yeah. Nice guy. Okay. This company reported, so they had their Blizzard, uh, I think it's like, yeah, it's yearly financial like report. And they do this pretty much all the time since like, I want to say back in 2011, it's been like publicized. I'm sure since then, but it's become a big deal since 2011. And I, I am pulling that on my butt. I don't know if that's anything like for sure. Um, but that's when I think that the internet, at least the Blizzard community, took a big interest into it because of Cataclysm and how they were like, oh, Cataclysm is the worst expansion ever. Look at the numbers. And so um, anyway, that's just totally fun fact of the day. This company uh, reported that it saw 27 million monthly active users. So just people who have used the Blizzard services. 
Um, and I don't know if that necessarily means they're spending money, but usually with most Blizzard companies or Blizzard games, Blizzard products, uh, you have to pay to get in. So it probably means they're making some sort of money off that. So they're 27 million monthly active users compared to last year's or previous quarters, 29 million. Blizzard had lost 29% of its overall active player base over the last three years, according to its MAU count, translating to a decrease of 11 million players across all of its titles. Uh, there's a couple things going on there. Um, Blizzard was doing great last quarter because Shadowlands came out and was still in kind of that highlight honeymoon period where everyone's hyped about it. Since then, they've released next to nothing and that overwatch 2 has gone silent and jeff kaplan as noted by the game t podcast has left um for overwatch starcraft 2 has been dead since like what 2014 guys yeah that checks out uh yeah you know that's that seems pretty generous and then diablo <laughs> 4 is it's somewhere but don't worry their diablo immortals coming out soon If you have phones, that's a good thing. Um, And then Heroes of the Storm. Oh, Heroes of the Storm. Look what they did to my boy. Anyway, regardless of the point. uh, Yeah, so there's a reason they're losing. I'm actually surprised that they only lost 11 million. I think there's just so many big whales with people who are just so invested in Blizzard products at this point that they can coast and they'll be fine. But it is nice. It's not nice to see. It's... um, I, I hope that Blizzard picks its shit up, but it seems to be a really slow downhill climb where I'm just watching Blizzard continuing to profit after it does really scummy things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is crazy. There's a lot of shenanigans going on over at, at Blizzard headquarters. I mean, what with Jeff Kaplan, some of this money loss, loss of players. And I mean, let's not even start on that uh blizzard remake what was it warcraft 3 uh, warcraft yeah yeah like what is going on over there well don't forget they just they just laid off a bunch of employees and then um their ceos got raises i believe that's an activision like it's really higher up thing but still well, see, this is where the sneaky part comes in they try to make themselves look good where they i don't have the official numbers on this i probably should have researched it before we did the episode but if you look in their salaries aren't abnormally high for a CEO. I mean, uh, that's already a problem because their salaries are ridiculous. But what they do is they pay themselves in these massive bonuses at the end of the year that aren't recorded as their salary. And they did that after the 2019 layoffs. Right after the 2019 layoffs, the CEO paid himself out of uh, Activision Blizzard some ridiculous sum of money for his bonus. Um, Just coincidentally, right after we fired all this staff. It's disgusting. And so just to, just to, you know, make Czar feel comfortable, uh, Travis can uh, quote from the ITK in the know. This is coming to us from Jonathan Lee. Activision Blizzard CEO receives 200 million amid the 2019 layoffs. Exactly. There you are. Wow. 190 workers fired. Damn. I'm, you know, I'm good at bullshitting. I remember most of this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the thing is like they, they, uh, recently tried to get some good press because like the ceo what's his name like bobby kotick is that does that sound right i don't know but uh he took a 50 he technically took a 50 percent pay cut but i mean if we're being honest he he's not losing any money here he's definitely going to recoup that money through bonuses like what you guys were talking about it's just it's all and PR. he'll get stock options and he'll get you know it's they're not actually losing any money exactly 
And uh, the, the kind of, well, the especially sad thing with this article that I, something that I found super noteworthy is like, even though they're losing all these players, they're up in revenue by $483 million. How? Okay, well, what I find interesting about that statistic is, so they lost players over the course of three years and over the past quarter from the numbers they gave. But they're saying from the first quarter of 2020 is when their money went up. Now, I think that's because everyone was sitting at home and had nothing to do after the first quarter of 2020. We were all mm. in lockdown. I think that's where they were making their money from. And I think that's going to fall again um, as the next year or two rolls out and everyone's able to go back to work and go see friends and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's important to look at the timing of that and maybe look at how it's going to play out over the next year or two. What do we do when the animals are let out of their cages? How do we make money? <laughs> oh, you guys are going to be going places once this is all done? I mean, I'm not personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, but allegedly that's what people are going to do. I've heard rumors about it. I mean, obviously I'm going to go licking handrails like I used to be, but I mean, mostly <laughs> staying in my house still. <laughs> I'd like to go play Dungeons and Dragons in a place that's not my own house for once. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Fair. That I'm checks good. out. That's I, a good that one. Is, I would leave my house for that. Yep. Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, does anybody else have anything uh, else to say about Blizzard? Uh, Zach was pretty hesitant to start off the article anyway. <laughs> you want to get some last in, like slides against Activision Blizzard real quick? Anybody want to diss them? No? All right. Moving no? on. All right. All right. Well, Gosh, I, dang, I and do how believe. How long have I been muted? <laughs> oh, a while, dude. A while. When is the last time you heard me talk? I don't even remember. The last time you talked was on the bonuses, so give give us some closing thoughts here. What, what what's going on? Yo, fuck Blizzard. Hell yeah, I'm all yeah, about that. I'm a huge Overwatch fan, and I agree. Fuck Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like as an Overwatch fan, as a World of Warcraft fan, as a heart, I'm not a Hearthstone fan. But I'm not a Hearthstone hater, and as a Heroes of Storm fan, fuck Blizzard. They have all these great. IPs, all these great products, and they just find a way to fuck it up and let us down over and over again. Now, do you think that's Blizzard or do you think that's Blizzard's integration with Activision at that point? Because that's where I put a lot of the blame, honestly. Uh, I mean, that happened like, what? Oh my God, like, wow, 13 years ago at this point. Now they're just one of the same. So it's their fault for going in there. So fuck them both. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, I, I used to think that, like, Travis, but now I'm just like, you know what? They went into it. Like, I don't even know why they went into it. They weren't really hurting for money. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, they were doing fine. Like, Wrath the Lich King was on the up and up. Yeah. But what do I know? I've never made billions and millions of dollars, so <laughs> don't listen to me on that shit. Um, but Never yeah, made billions em. and millions yet. My man. <laughs> All right. Can we, can we talk about happier news? Let's, let's talk about happier news. Oh, oh, absolutely we can. Um, well, this article was given to us by another other than Travis um, before when we were setting up this whole episode and our recording schedule. So I'm going to let Travis take it away. You, you get to talk about your favorite thing right now. Yay! Okay, <laughs> so uh, a Pokemon data miner has dug into the files on new Pokemon Snap and found that there may be actually some DLC coming in the future. Uh, this article comes to us from Comic Book, and it is by Christian Hoffer. Um, basically... Okay. Before we get into the actual article, I know you've been dying to talk about it. 
I want your experience with Pokemon Snap so far. And I mean, I've seen Twitter. I've seen all of the beautiful <laughs> pictures you've taken. But I want to hear it from the words of you. It makes me so happy. Um, yeah. <laughs> basically, it is a really, really faithful sequel uh, to the original game. They took everything that people really enjoyed about it. Like, hmm, what was our favorite part? Well, the really rare behaviors that you could get out of Pokemon if you threw an apple at just the right time or you threw a pester ball in just the right spot. Um, and they took that and expanded upon it. So now every Pokemon has at least four layers of behaviors uh, that they can exhibit depending on how you're interacting with the map. Uh, the levels themselves level up as you take more photos. And the in-game narrative reason for it is that the Pokemon become more comfortable with you being around taking the photos. So like, for instance, in the park level, which is the first one, um, there's a Pichu and a Grookey that see you as soon as you arrive and go, oh no, there's someone here and run off. But then as you level it up towards the end, when you keep doing it again, uh, they're there jumping up and down and waving. They're happy to see you, welcoming you to the park. It's it's so cute and I love it. It's so adorable. <laughs> and they also totally off topic, but like I watch YouTube videos to fall asleep. Have you guys seen like the um, the cave thing where like you knock the Pikachu off the balloons and it ends up riding on like Arnakuno's back? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I saw that and I was like, maybe I should get Pokemon Snap. Like I am not <laughs> like a, like that's just not me. I'm that's kind of more artsy fartsy. I, I love it, but like. I could watch a YouTube video and be content. Mm -hmm. But I was like, there's a lot of little nuances to it, like you said, like with the layers. So pretty neat. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I still have not found all of the Pokemon. Um, but now what we're seeing in this article is that there may be more to come. So a uh, data miner by the name of, I'm going to butcher this, Skyers M, I think. Skyers M, Skyers M. Um, went into the game files and found 40 unused IDs in the game's version of the Pokedex, the photo decks. Uh, and those are sitting blank and empty, ready to be used. So it's theorized that this will be for future levels that will be added to the game in DLC. Uh, and each course has about eh, 20 Pokemon-ish. Um, and that is what we're seeing from the data mine itself. Um, so they may already be planning another stage, if not more. It's a little dicey because it's, um, it is a Pokemon game, which has only really recently gotten into the idea of DLC with Sword and Shield. Uh, but it's also not made by Game Freak. It's made by Bandai Namco, who also made the Pokken games, which is like the Tekken games with Pokemon. And they were regularly updating it after release on those arcade machines. They were adding more Pokemon, adding more moves and stuff. So it's possible. It's very possible that, uh, this is what we're going to be doing. So I'm so excited and I really hope so. What, what do you guys think? Do you, do you think you will see DLC for it? I hope so. <laughs> make make it the new Smash. Yeah, just keep adding them. Listen, I feel like Pokemon is like, by not doing DLC, they've lost so much money. Why not just keep the train rolling? Like, there's so many Pokemon fans. It's actually ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I, I'm yeah, totally, I think they should do it. I think they will do it. And um, if they don't do it, they stupid heads. <laughs> well, I've got a very dicey stance on like DLC as a whole. Um, like for most DLC, if you are going to see a sequel to this game within like the next three years and you already know that sequel's coming, probably DLC is not worth it. You're just kind of coasting until the next game. Yeah. But for a game like Pokemon Snap, where this game is a sequel to a game that came out, what, like 
20 years ago, 22, 22 years ago. There's not going to be a new one anytime in the future. Why not add DLC? Why not give us more Pokemon to take photos of? Because I think there's only and like maybe minor spoils for this game. There's high 200s of Pokemon to actually photograph currently. But there's like 900 and some Pokemon out there. Mm -hmm. Make all the DLC. All right, so I have a question for you, you, the two of you that play Pokemon Snap being Travis and Zar. Um, if if there was a DLC outside of just adding more Pokemon and more maps, is there something you'd like to see added through DLC to the game? Oh, well, I think Travis could probably answer this better. I have literally only played this game for a day, downloaded it yesterday and my wife thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. She did not want any part of it. Then she sat in and watched me do a round. She's like, oh, can I try? Well, long story short, we played for the rest of the day until midnight, only taking like an hour long break to eat. Uh, I would love to see a feature that uh, includes your ability to see your friend's photos because Right now, that's really not that great. Like, you have to take it off the platform in order to do that. I have to save it when I finish the level, go back into my album after the level's done, and then resave it to my actual system. Then once saving it from my system, I have to open up my smartphone, and I have to send it to my smartphone, which means scanning two different QR codes, and then downloading a maximum of 10 photos at a time. Yeah, that's a lot of steps to share photos. That's the Nintendo specialty, my friend. Yeah, it's really tedious to go through, and that's for me to share it on stuff that does not belong to Nintendo. I can share it with, like, the world, for instance, but there's no way to access individual players' um, profiles. You have to basically go into who took the most recent photos and go through there and hope you stumble across someone. There's no way for me to access any of my friends who are playing new Pokemon Snap. Uh, There's no way for me to go and look at, through the game, what have they been doing? And, oh, man, that's cool. I got to try that out. That kind of thing. Like, I think Nintendo's wasting a huge opportunity to not have that kind of social community that's building up around the game off of the platform. Like, why wouldn't you have it through the game itself? My friend, my friend, my friend. That is not Nintendo wasting opportunity. That's <laughs> Nintendo being Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> the one in the same. One in the same. But it is super disappointing Because in their trailers, they boasted about basically being the new Instagram. And they have all the Instagram filters and they've got the stickers and it's like so built for social media, clearly. But it makes it such a hassle to actually do it. Yeah, that is wasted opportunity. For a game that's all about taking pictures, that is such an asinine system to Mm -hmm. put it onto social media. But such a draw in. Like the social media aspect probably brought in maybe 30% more people than the game originally would have. I can count at least six different friends who had no interest in the game before I started playing it. And then when I started showing them photos, they went, oh man, this is actually really cool. I'm going to go buy it. Like (laughs) at least six different friends off the top of my head who have said that to me. So, I mean, calculate that by how many people bought the game. You know, that's that's a lot. Well, yeah. And like, you know, now that you say that, this being able to throw this stuff up on social media is just free advertising. Absolutely. And yeah. they're totally missing out on it. Well, I mean, this game is not your shooter. This game is not your competitive multiplayer. I mean, there is a little bit of competitive aspect to it on who has better photos and such. But 
social media is a part of this game. Sharing these photos on social media for all intents and purposes could be considered game progression because as you go through the game, you, you know, throw out more photos and by doing this gameplay, it's actually drawing people in. It's a really unique game dynamic that we have not seen before. I love it. I still think Nintendo is falling kind of flat on that, though. Mm hmm. Like I can also it keeps me playing because I see other things that come up and like, oh, those two Pokemon can hang out. I didn't even see them close to each other on the course. How do I get them together? Oh, this one's doing a backflip. How does he do that? I have to go find that out. Like it's encouraging me to discover the secrets of the game in the way that I wouldn't have discovered otherwise. And it's it's such an easy solution, guys. Why don't you do this? (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Nothing online with Nintendo is easy. So you stop. I know. I know. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is, but it is. Yep. You don't think it be, but it do. <laughs> um, Travis, can you tell me why I've seen a thousand pictures of Badoof with like an apple thrown in its face? Badoof is God. Sorry. Because uh, <laughs> it's a Badoof. It's, it's a cute little beaver. And uh, we you can throw apples to entice Pokemon to come to like specific areas or you can just bop them on the head with them. So, like, does the apple, like, stick to its face? Because I swear, I like, going on social media and looking no. at stuff about this game, I have seen, like, a Badoof from all sorts of different angles with an apple, like, just on its face. <laughs> Badoof no, is think, a meme. I think everyone just loves that moment, and that's what they end up snapping. Especially because, like, there's a slight delay from when you throw it to when you would take the photo and it just happens to be that exact amount of time for it to hit its face okay (laughs) Um, i think that just happens to be it everyone loves capturing that moment apples can stick to cacnea though yeah they can this pokemon or i guess they're not apples they're fluff yes fluff fluff fruit yeah the game makes it abundantly clear professor you're not hurting the pokemon (laughs) they're not apples Fluff fruit. <laughs> it's like they couldn't get the copyright to apples. <laughs> just to like, no, 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 no. So it's not an apple. It's, it's a fluff fruit. Got it? Got it? Fluff fruit. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Insert well, I mean, meme of Jerry standing in front of apples slogan. Hungry for apples? <laughs> I think that's something goofy with the Pokemon world building is like in season one of Pokemon, they actually had like animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, it's all been like just pretend Pokemon world. Only Pokemon exist. And so I think that's just something they do to build like world building not really like well there's I, even because i think apples are like you can just do them whatever the fuck you want there's no apple man uh no big apple it won't let you use their name without consent <laughs> they own the word apple now. <laughs> but like even there's pokemon that are clearly trying to eat each other and every time you show one of those photos to the professor he's like oh look they're playing tag isn't that cute I'm like, no he's trying to eat that fucker what are you talking about <laughs> and you're like no wonder you need me doc you stupid <laughs> You're a professor, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave you your degree? <laughs> all right, with that being said, I mean, like, I could talk Pokemon all day. You guys want to keep going? I was going to bring it back to the article a little bit. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> you've gotten a lot more gameplay, obviously, than me, Travis. What DLC 
would you like to see? Like, where do you think we're going to go? What is the environment like? What kind of Pokemon do you think we're going to see? So one of the completely missed opportunities, I think, was not going to outer space like you did in the uh, very first game where you would go see Mew in outer space. I would love to see some space themed Pokemon. I think that'd be really cool. Um, especially because he says, are you ready for the final frontier when you get to the last level? I'm like, yes, I am. And I was like, oh, it's not space. That's not, that's not the final frontier. <laughs> did, did you watch Star Trek? How do you not know that space is the final frontier? Know, Come right? on, Nintendo. <laughs> I would also love to see um, everything is very natural, which I think is great. But I would also love to see like an industrial level for steel type Pokemon. So um, I would love to see like a factory or something. Um like a steel manufacturing factory and seeing a bunch of steel types running around. I think that'd be cool. Ooh, yeah, that would be really cool. Well, I think we've said everything we can about Pokemon Snap, eh? Yeah, let's hope that we see some of that that uh, DLC that Travis maybe suggested. I mean, there's some very strong hints in there. Anywho, should we move on to the quick takes? I love me some quick takes. Peaches, quick them away then. So, for our first quick take, we got... Titanfall 2 is going free to play. And this is just coming from a tweet from Respawn. Um, Which means you'll be able to play it online for free with Xbox. Mm. (laughs) Well, I mean, Xbox has to add it to their list, you know. That's true. That's true. So um, I don't know if you guys saw, but Titanfall 2, like after because there's a bunch of good Apex news going around. So people are like, hey, I'm going to go back and play this Titanfall 2 game. And it hit like a player peak that hadn't been seen before. And then Respawn tweeted out that they're going to do some free-to-play stuff in light of that. And this is pretty exciting because everything I've heard about this game says that it's incredibly good, but very slept on. So, uh, you know, I'm excited for people to go back to play that game and hopefully have a good time with it. Yeah. Has anybody here actually uh, played Titanfall 2? I played Titanfall 1. I haven't downloaded. Nope. But yeah, I never played it. <laughs> exactly. See how slept we have it and we didn't play it. <laughs> yeah, and everybody always tells me to play it. It's it's just slept on. So awesome for Titanfall 2. Hope they get tons of players. You know, game seems like it deserves to get more praise. Moving on. The Stadia project head John Justice has left Google. No, who could have seen this coming? Peaches, <laughs> why would John leave Google? What's wrong I, with I don't Stadia? Know. How, how could this have happened? <laughs> this is pretty expected. Stadia was a failure from start to finish. I mean, I feel like we just have to keep up with Stadia news because it's become such a meme for us. So, well, we thought it was dead, then it was alive. Now it looks like it's dying <laughs> again. Also, I'm curious to know what a product head for Stadia looks like because they don't have any products. They're a streaming service. Like, well, yeah, what it's not a do physical thing that you, or a tangible thing you can take home with you. Like, I just, it, they don't even really offer any, like, they don't, haven't developed any games. They haven't designed anything. They, they have nothing that you can use. It is literally just games that other companies have made. Like, I don't. Like, Valve has more products than they do. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. I I don't know. The Stadia is just such a weird project, and I I don't really get it. I don't know why Google was trying so hard with it. 
and I can only imagine how hard of a life the Stadia team had trying to make it something successful. I mean, that kind of success for them is relative, though. I guess, yeah. With Google, everyone remembers all of their great successes and everyone conveniently forgets all of their terrible failures, like the Google Glass. What the hell were they thinking? (laughs) It's going to revolutionize everything. You're going to have a screen right in your eye. Or like Google Plus also was not a thing. Like they they tend to innovate, but innovating means sometimes you create some stuff that no one actually wants or uses. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I still have my Wii, um, fuck, what's the heart monitor called? Bro, I have no idea. Wait, wait, the balance board or the... The Wii Fit board? No, 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 no. That wasn't like a total flop. This was like the thing where they like included it with the Wii U, I think. They talked about it one time. Anyway, it's totally off topic. I'm out. I'm out. Should I wasn't here. (laughs) All right, well, I'm, I'm over it for the stadium <laughs> news. How, how about, uh, Zara, you want to take the next quick take? Oh, all right. Uh, Fable is being developed using the Forza engine, so it's going to look really pretty. I'm pretty excited about this one, honestly. I don't know, but who here is big Fable fans? I love Fable. Fable's awesome. Travis, have you ever played Fable? Um, Very briefly. Like, I got an hour into it and I wasn't loving it. But everything that I've seen since then has been like, I should go back and look at that. It looks like a lot of fun. Oh, it is. It is the perfect fantasy RPG. Um, The XP system's great. There's a color scheme to that and specific XP. Like, if you hit with your sword, you're not going to get any XP for your, like, ranged attack. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's... It's beautiful. There's a lot of crude, really crass humor. Um, I thought it was really funny when I was a teenager, but the more I get older, I realize it's just kind of tedious and annoying. (laughs) But beyond that, just a phenomenally crafted game. And I'm so happy to see it revived because it's been dead for well over a decade. Oh, yeah, for sure. Fable 3 came out. Well, I guess Fable 3 probably came out in like, 2014, 15, maybe. Zara, I don't want to be that guy, but it is Xbox right now, so you might have to wait a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. We know them in exclusives. Don't worry. Scalebound's coming any minute now. What I find really interesting is the fact that it's using the Forza engine, which is known for, you know, its graphics and it is gorgeous, but it gives me a little bit of hesitancy that these games were not always or these engines, rather, are not always designed to handle the complex calculations that are needed for an RPG. So if you look at Mass Effect Andromeda, which used the Frostbite engine... I knew you were going to do that to me. I (laughs) I I love Mass Effect, I really do, but they hamstrung that game, EA, by forcing them to use the Frostbite engine, and that's one of the many reasons that Andromeda was such a shit show behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> so it worries me putting an RPG like Fable, which is arguably even more complex, um, on an engine that's used to running racing games. I'm not saying that racing games are simplistic or that they're you know easy to make or anything, but they're just two very different systems. They're making a left turn. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good uh, point. I, I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to like shoehorn the Forza engine and say that it's only good for racing games because the thing is I am very dumb and I, I need to make that very <laughs> clear because uh, well like think about it like this the Unreal Engine how many games like completely different types of games use the Unreal Engine right? Yeah. A lot. Yeah and it's insane and so like when I first saw this I was like Forza Engine 
Are we going to have really cool horse races in Fable? Ooh. And maybe we will. <laughs> but I am too dumb to know exactly like what all the Forza engine is going to do for Fable, but I'm curious to see what this is going to look like going forward. I guess I was going to say, when I heard that Resident, the RE engine was coming to Nintendo Switch, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I know what Resident Evil looks like. Um, it's probably not going to look that good on the Nintendo Switch. And they did it for Monster Hunter Rise. And Monster Hunter Rise is probably the best looking Switch game I have played. Huh. Because I, I honestly thought it couldn't get much better than Breath of the Wild, because you could already tell Breath of the Wild was pushing it to the limits. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I'm looking at this Monster Hunter Rise game and I'm like, shit. I, I honestly, I'm with you, Beaches. I don't know what goes into an engine. Um, I see Travis's point, um, but God, like, I, I guess I'm saying I also understand nothing. So, but I think <laughs> it's okay to be optimistic, but also be realistic too. Travis, you sounded like you had uh, something to well, it's not add that, before Zach's point there. Yeah, it's not that uh, that it can't be done in this engine. It's just that it takes more time than often a studio has to spend on it. So the really pessimistic, optimistic way of looking at this is that uh, it might mean that Fable has a very troubled development. Uh, but the optimistic side is that may lay the groundwork for other RPGs to start using that engine and learning from that what they can apply. Like... The only reason that Mass Effect Andromeda was as functional as it was, you know, take that for what you will, was because of Dragon Age Inquisition being forced onto the same engine as well. And they took everything that they could learn from that team and applied it towards Mass Effect so that there was a functional game coming out at the end of it all. So it doesn't have to necessarily be pessimistic. It's just it may not work well for this game, but it could spell very good things for RPGs in the future. I, I think huh. uh, some good points. Travis being wary because of the Mass Effect Andromeda thing makes a lot of sense because he's absolutely right. Like the Mass Effect Andromeda being forced on the Frostbite engine was probably the worst thing that could have possibly happened to Mass Effect just because of the time crunch they had to deal with forcing it onto that engine. And so it, it definitely makes sense to be wary. Um, hopefully this was always planned to be using the Forza engine and not like with Mass Effect where if it was a very last minute decision to use the frostbite engine. Mm-hmm. But very good points. Well, this, these quick takes have become not so quick. <laughs> so shall we move yeah, on? Sorry. Let's, let's uh, move on to the next quick take. Uh, Sony is a dick about ooh, crossplay. Ooh. Do you want to get this one, Zar? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say Sony is being a dick about crossplay. Cause you know, I had to hype up Sony earlier in the articles and I, I felt dirty. When is my check coming? But um, yeah, it's it's apparently an email from Soma, Sony to Epic Games in 2018. And it's coming from a tweet from Tom Warren. And he's saying that this is an email from Sony to Epic 2018, dismissing the idea of crossplay for Fortnite. Epic Games had pitched a crossplay announcement with Sony where Epic goes out of its way to make Sony look like heroes. Um, and yeah, this note is just no crossplay. Sony hates crossplay and shuts it down. And that kind of sucks because crossplay brings gamers together. And also, I don't know if you noticed the thing underneath that tweet, like just like the quick reply to it, but like they all Sony also has a crossplay revenue share agreement where partners had to pay royalties to Sony to quote unquote offset the reduction in revenue for enabling crossplay. Woof. Wow. So real shitty. Doesn't make me look forward to having uh, Discord on PlayStations, but that's it's whatever. 
Whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not above that shit. I'm still petty. <laughs> so that's that's all for that quick take. We, we can move on past that one real fast. Czar, you really wanted to include this one, so I'm gonna let you take the last quick take. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as we all know, or as most of us know, the Epic versus Apple trial has been going on, and I think uh, the week last week from when this episode comes out was the start of the court case or like the actual trial itself. And they had a dial in line and it was like a public dial in line to provide evidence and testimony on behalf of Apple and Epic. And they accidentally opened it to the public and it was filled with 10-year-old scream shouting free Fortnite and um, <laughs> let me actually pull this up because there were some weird things that they were screaming on this public line. I saw something about like, I'll suck you off if you put Fortnite back on yeah. iOS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, right here. It, it says, I would suck all of you to get Fortnite mobile back, said one boy. <laughs> wow. Whew. That's gross. And yeah, so... That was a mistake. Travis, what do you think about this? Um, The whole thing has just been so ridiculous. Like, even if you ignore all of the public coming in on it, um, even the trial itself has been kind of bizarre. I'm not sure if you guys saw earlier. um, So apparently Epic owns itch.io, which is an indie game site. um, And... It is known for having a very hands-off approach to its moderation. Creators can do whatever they want with stuff on the site, and that's just, it's left to it. It has raised some very controversial games because of it, but it's also been flourishing for a lot of developers who are working by themselves and need a platform. And as well as, this is where I'm going to shoehorn in my own content here, but um, when at one point they were saying, are you aware that there is sexual content in some of the games that have been pitched? And uh, the guy from Epic said, uh, no, no, I wasn't aware. I said, oh, really? You, you weren't aware of that? Oh, what do you plan on doing about it? He's like, well, I, I don't support any sexual content in games. We'll have to look at that. Which actually sends off a huge red flag for queer people because very, very often any queer content, even regardless of how sexual or unsexual it is, just the fact that if there's mention of queer characters or queer romances, uh, are often considered adult content that can't be viewed by children. Uh, and that can have huge ramifications on queer developers. So I'm very anxious about this trial and what they're saying and what's going to become of it. But uh, that's my own tirade. What do you guys think? I did not know about that. Well, that's, that's some really interesting points. Yeah, no, I, I had no idea. Um, I think that's wrong that all content is lumped in as adult content. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's definitely not right. And especially being taking away creative freedom like that in any sense is not good for the gaming community. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually been talking amongst the, the Game T chat that we're going to do a whole episode on this trial because like Peaches and I yesterday were just going back and forth, sending article after article about weird things happening, like <laughs> a lawsuit bubbling up against Sony. Um I saw one article that read um, Apple tells Microsoft to put up or shut up. This trial is dragging in every major company and platform of gaming 
all because of Fortnite. Yeah. It's kind of weird because it really reminds me, you know, like they're pulling in even players like Nintendo and Bandai Namco and all of these people. And it's just kind of like Fortnite sucking all of the characters into its game, like Daryl and Michonne or the Mandalorian. (laughs) None of these people have any fucking business being in Fortnite, yet they somehow are just sucked into the game. And that is what is happening in this court case is all of these game developers are just getting sucked in whether they want to or not. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I have to say about it. But we will have an entire full length episode detailing everything we've talked about and everything that we will talk about at Epic v. Apple. We're probably gonna have to wait a while on that because, uh, I got a feeling this court case is only going to get crazier. So, yeah, we might have to have a couple episodes just to keep up with this whole news. Yay, the American justice system. Yay. It works so (laughs) well. It doesn't. What? Oh, whoops. Who said that? Anyways, moving on to game releases. Yeah. Zar, do you want to take game releases this week? I mean, it is uh, your birthday week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, most of the games fall on my birthday, so this is exciting. Um, On May 13th, we have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Wrath of the Druids DLC for the PlayStation 5, all the Xbox series, uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Google Stadia. Stadia. (laughs) And the PC. And then the second game we have on May 13th is Monster Harvest for the PC. All right, all right. May 14th, Zor's birthday. Woo! Before we leave, coming to the PC, Famicom Detective Club, the girl who stands behind coming for the Switch. Famicom Detective Club, the missing heir coming to the Switch. I'm assuming those are maybe DLCs. Who knows, no, it's man? it's two different games. Yeah, something like that. And then the one I'm really hyped about, Mass Effect Legendary Collection, coming to the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S, uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC. And I'm so excited about that. But we have Subnautica coming to the Switch. And then Subnautica Below Zero coming to the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, and PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Uh, and then finally, on May 18th, we have Days Gone for the PC and Snow Runner for the Switch. And uh, if you guys just want to scroll down to the hype up game real quick, and then we can get out of here, right? <laughs> yeah, I posted that one specifically for Travis. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate all right, it. All right, Peaches, you you are the residential game team Mass Effect guy. What You explain this. All right, so... Obviously, our hype-up game of the week is the Mass Effect Legendary Collection coming out on Zar's birthday. Let's go. Um, and Let's go! <laughs> hopefully, one of us remembers to post this meme onto the Twitter, but it's an, it's an older meme, but it checks out. Um, the Blasto fandom is dying. Retweet to show your support for Blasto the, spa- uh, the Hanar Spectre. And if you may recall, just on Saturday's episode, this was the uh, side quest that Travis alluded to in his game called, what was it? That's not side dishes. Or was it side 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 dishes? dishes. Yeah, it was side dishes. Okay. It alluded to in side dishes. And it's, I just love it. I mean, the Hanar, first of all, are just very funny. 
as is just the, you know, the floating jellyfish that worship the uh, Protheans. Um, I really that hope wasn't I... English, but okay. Um, <laughs> Zach, I've played Xenoblade Chronicles. Don't talk to me about that wasn't English. Wait, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, we are all, we, most of us here, uh, minus Zach, all of us, Travis, uh, Peaches, and myself are so excited for the Mass Effect Legendary Collection. Get it on May 14th. It's my birthday. Or when it comes Zar's to birthday wish is for everybody to enjoy the Mass Effect world. Wait, while we're hyping it up, have you guys seen the custom box art you can make? What? No. No. Oh my god, you need to check this out. Okay, I'm going to send you the link. Um, and you guys can tweet it out as well for uh, your listeners. So basically what happens is you can print off your own custom box art to slide into the cover. Uh, and you can set it up based on Paragon, Renegade, or Neutral. And then choose like your most important squad mates to you that are coming around the back of the helmet. Um, so it will show each of them in different poses and stuff. Like You can just design it however you want. It's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, go do that. We'll, we will definitely post this link. All right. We're running a little short on time here. Let's say we get out of here, everyone. Yes. Paragon for life. Um, we got a very special segment <laughs> coming up on Saturday. So look forward to that. Um, it'll be coming a day. It'll be coming out a day after the Mass Effect collection drops. And in that hype vein, it is a Mass Effect episode. So, you know, without JP here, I don't really know how to do this, but uh, thank you so much, guys, for joining us for another episode of Game... for the first episode of Game Tea without JP. We have been your hosts. I am Peaches. And I don't really know how to... I really have no idea how to close this. Somebody... I'm I'm Zach? (laughs) You just got your Game Tea. I'm Zar? (laughs) Travis, Rainbow Podcast is the best. Go check out Rainbow Road Road Podcast. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to be awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Go check out Rainbow Road Podcast. Thank you. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.